Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 865. Is it really? Wow. A Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. We hope you guys had a great, great, great Thanksgiving. I did. JD probably did because he was with Sion. And Ben probably did because uh. he is a thief of joy and doesn't like Thanksgiving food. <laughs> um, and that's talking turkey. I had, I had a delicious steak, Christian. Uh, that sounds good. Steaks are great. Yeah. Turkey's great. Hey, you There's, know you know what segment I missed that you guys used to do um, prior to my arrival was the area code segment. We don't do it anymore, but 865, that's Knoxville. Shout out. There's not a lot of wrestling over there, but there is the University of Tennessee. Yep, which also doesn't have wrestling, but it's a pretty cool place. So I'm told you drive right <laughs> by it on the way from Virginia to Austin, Texas. There you go. And that's nice. talking Tennessee. Although, talking Tennessee. Boom Ranch, is that in Tennessee? Yes, it is. That's is it near somewhere. Knoxville? Uh, sort of. We'll say, you know what? This is the Boom Ranch episode. No matter where it go. is. No matter where it is. Okay. Shout out Cody Chittum. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him. He's, uh, in his Iowa Hawkeyes, they, they had a, quite a duel yesterday. Was it yesterday? The, two days ago, uh, Saturday. Uh, no, All two, the days are running together. Ago. It was two <laughs> days ago. Um, no, Let's yesterday was South it. Dakota State, Minnesota. That was a crazy duel as well. Did you watch that one, Ben? I did not watch. I watched some highlights for that one, but I did not get to watch that one. But I did watch Iowa versus Penn, which was uh, it, it, the the score may not lead you to believe that it was competitive, but uh, Iowa was a few seconds away here and there from uh, losing that duel. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, well, okay, why don't we just get into it? It, it was the yeah. Why don't we get into it, Chris? You know what I'm gonna bring up. <laughs> why I did they put two seconds? I, let back me on let me clock? preface it. Let me preface. So I <laughs> so. In the Cole Urbis Jacob Warner match, uh, which was crazy, Warner gets up yeah. huge. He's up eight one going into the second period. <laughs> Urbis chose top and proceeds to tilt him two, maybe three times. He gets two four point turns, and then right at the end of the period, he takes him over again. The ref goes gives a two count, but then they look and they were having clock and buzzer issues, and 
they go back and they're like, okay, actually, there shouldn't have been any near fall. But then they go back and they make them re-wrestle the last two seconds, which meant nothing. Yeah. It was totally inconsequential. But I remember in the moment when it happened, it didn't make sense. And I was like, <laughs> this is going to bother Ben for until, until, <laughs> until the day he dies. Until the day he dies. And he just so, we started texting about it, and he cannot let it go that this happened. And it's funny. Well, okay, so I'm working. I'm really. I'm working out and watching it on silent. And so it happens, and you see the ref go one, two, and then they give the two, right? And you see the block come out, and you're like, okay, block came out. And so if the time is out, the time is out, and then they're moving to the next period, right? If there's a penalty, then there's a penalty, and that's going to prevent a score. Okay, I don't really understand what else could have happened. But then they start with two seconds back on the clock. So like, okay, well, if they start with time back on the clock, there's the time wasn't out, surely, right? So then you're like, well, there's no points given, so there wasn't a penalty. So like, what could have happened? And then I I even watched it back, but the problem was these announcers, I don't know where they got these guys because I was dying laughing, Christian. In the Murin match, they said this guy, they called Zap this guy no less than six times in the third period. It was like, it was hysterical. These guys are amateurs. Well, you know who it is, right? No, who was it? It was Alex Marinelli and Caleb Young. No, they no, they gotta know his name. That's who the the broadcasters were. Yeah, stop. <laughs> you really didn't, dude. Have they could call him this guy. They said Muir versus this guy. This guy's doing this. This guy's doing that. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, well. Oh my gosh! No, I didn't know we that. We got a that voicemail makes... about it too. Oh, I don't really? know. I also listened to it. Funnier. What'd you say, Ben? I said that almost makes it funnier that they were calling him this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're not you're not that guy, pal. Yeah. You you can learn. They'll learn your names when you go to Iowa. Until All then, right, so you're just another what, guy. What, what do you surmise happened uh, in the Warner match? Well, I I just. I just chalk it up to an error of some kind and just move you, on. So you think time was out? Oh, so here's another That's thing. That's why you didn't get the points. There's a clock. I mean, it, obviously, there's time on the clock. Warner wasn't getting off his back. It would have been a four-point near fall if there was time. So it had to be time was out, correct? So, yeah, if you if you go back and rewatch, which you can, there's actually a little clock right under the score table. It's red, a little yeah. red clock. And you can see that he starts to go over with less than two seconds it's actually like yeah. you can see perfectly that there was not enough time to get a two two swipes in there so it makes it. sense that they wouldn't give that two near fall what doesn't make sense is that two seconds but it's totally inconsequential and not really worth talking about honestly because yeah. it had no right. bearing on anything in the match Warner would have won whether what? he gave up that uh, it interesting i don't know um I, I mean, if there's four seconds left on the clock, if there's four seconds on the clock, he's not winning because then he's down by five points. And then the other thing about the third period takedown, guys, is, and I really, I was thinking about this, and, and so, you know, I get fr- the thing I get most frustrated about with college wrestlers is stupid strategy. Rocky Elam did the same thing on Tuesday. Guy, Jacobs Warner's best position is for you to shoot a single leg on him. That is literally the place he is most likely to score. Like, Rocky Elam was winning and shot a single leg and got, he got Sanderson steeled. And so did Urbis. Urbis shot a single leg, cut him back, put him on his butt, and got Sanderson steeled for the takedown. Jacob Warner's really good if you shoot a single leg on him. Stop shooting, guys. Hello. Yeah, I think in in the moment is so different from 
you know, and that's, yeah. that's part of competing. Right. But in the moment, I think you kind of lose, you can lose your mind and your tactics a little bit. And I think that's probably what happened with Rocky. I think it's probably what happened with, with Urbis is like, you mean, you yep. feel this pressure to attack and then you attack. Um, it's like, Oh, there goes gravity. But you, you <laughs> snap back to reality. Yeah. He did not snap back Slow to reality. Um, w- one thing, What's interesting about Urbis is, you know, for these guys that are really good on top, like he's obviously supremely good on top. He chose top, he turned him. See, it was funny because I was watching it on silent and also had the Ohio State-Michigan game in the background and kind of wasn't paying attention in between periods. And I thought Warner chose bottom. Mm -mm. So the whole time I'm Uh, thinking, oh, no. Now Urbis has decision in the third, too, and he's going to take top, obviously. I was like. That, wow. that would have been the get. That would have been the game. But what's interesting about Urbis is he's so good on top, and you see these guys that are really good mat wrestlers and they struggle on their feet. But he's also had no answers on bottom, which is I think is sort of rare. Like he wasn't even. Yes. He was never really close to getting an escape, other than the one I think Jacob basically granted. He, he was. He was not close to getting an escape. You're right. No, definitely not in the third period. Uh, so it's weird to see a guy that good well, on top with that kind of deficiency basically in the other two positions. Can, can I interject here? Uh, um, uh, you, know hate, you know I hate bad strategy. Uh, it's because these tall lanes, I mean, generally, not not always, but lots of times, the guys who are going on top are like tall, lanky. Then uh, this is Colorbus, right? He's tall, he's lanky. He's got good reach, cradles, tilts, legs. He can get to all these things, you know? But for some reason, they don't figure out that they can't get off bottom traditionally, right? So if they try the traditional knee slides, it ain't going to work, right? That's where they got to figure out how to get all these scrambles going off bottom because they do have a good feel um, for that type of stuff. And they do have a good grip, right? Referenced by his tilt. Yeah. He clearly has a good grip. So there's a lot of other ways to get off bottom. And that's why when these guys can't figure it out, it's like, oh, I roll. Yeah. So he could not get off the bottom, nor could he get a takedown or hold off a takedown from – Jacob Warner, and ultimately that was that was a huge result. And Warner survives uh, after giving up that many hill points. It's a Not weird thing with Warner because apparently every couple of years he just looks completely inept at defending a wrist tilt, but then it never happens again. Like Tanner Sloan teched him with, oh, with a with oh a my God, tilt. that happened, didn't it? But then no one no one has threatened Jacob Warner with a tilt that I've seen. Since that time, and then insert oh Urbis, who turns him two and a half times with with a wrist tilt. But then I feel like we're never going to see it again in Jacob Warner's career. But every so often, guys get his wrist, and he he couldn't do anything about it. It was it's really strange because you, you would think that? that happened. That you're you're the one you're referencing. I think that was Jacob's redshirt year because I'm pretty sure he was in like this. He was like not in a. Uh, he Isn't Sloan younger than him now, or, though, or no? I can't recall. No, it was uh, it was his freshman, 2019. Oh, that was no, that's not his redshirt year. So it's his real freshman year. Tanner, Tanner Sloan was redshirting. Okay, that's why we were like, because I think Warner either all American or came really close to all American that year, and that's why we were like, oh my gosh, freaking yeah, right. Tanner Sloan's going to be a savage, and then you know he's been good but not great. Yeah, that was uh, surprising. So yeah, it was it was at Midlands, I remember. But but anyway, so Jacob Warner has these random struggles with cross wrist tilts, um, but otherwise is relatively solid under underneath. I mean, I know Max Dean turned him, 
with his with the bow and arrow, yeah. which he turns a lot of guys with that. Okay. And that was like that was also like a really tired turn too. Like he was he was pretty tired turn. Tired turns. Yeah, <laughs> water's generally really good off bottom, also, which yes. um, was interesting. Michael Chiesa wants to know if Spencer Lee could turn <laughs> Jacob Warner with his tilt. No. Who said that? Michael Chiesa. No way. No. Impossible. If what if he starts what, with uh, it? What I'm if interested he's... to see it. Starts with starts with the whole thing locked up. Yeah. If he starts with it That's locked, a lot I of... think. Warner's so big and strong, man. It's that levers. Be... It's levers. I don't think he's going to be able to lever him over because with that cross wrist tilt, you got to be able to, you know, you got to have an adequate amount of body weight. So when you go down here, boom, they, you know, they come over. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to lever him over because that's yeah. a lot of mass. A lot of mass from the ladies' mm -hmm. man. But the ladies' man won. He he got it done. He got the takedown. He was he was the better man that day. Uh, but no one's going to go under Cole Orbis, I think, from now for till. Not willingly. For, not willingly. I just. I looked at Cole Arbus' record, and it's, you know he's not bad. He's a two-time national qualifier, but like he got pinned by Ethan Laird this year. He got beat by Trey Rogers. Like he's all right, but he's yeah. not great. He was one and two at NCAAs last year with losses to. He lost by major to Eric Schultz and Jacob Cardenas. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, I mean maybe these guys don't choose bottom, but then surely he would choose top, right? Yeah, maybe he's getting better. We'll see. Maybe. Okay, so be, beyond that, uh, a lot we've had the return of of Nelson Brands. He had a five one win over Nick and Contrera. Nelson that was really competitive, also because um, I believe it was two two one, and then Contrera was like trying to get a takedown and got taken down, and then gave up right time. Also, so that was a fun match. Um, good because so it could tough. He's national qualifier, I think, for Nelson's return. Nelson had. Um, in the post-match press conference, he talked about, hey, getting ready, and he had Tommy John, and it's the longest he'd gone without wrestling. But then he said, also, I had to have surgery because six weeks ago, I crashed my motorcycle and broke my collarbone. <coughs> what a crazy guy. So, Dang. I guess they're pretty lucky to have him in the lineup at all, given that. What, I mean, when did this Tommy John happen, Joey? Or Christian? December. Sorry, I was Joey Milano's press profile. <laughs> Joey. We, he calls me Joey sometimes. One of my nicknames. <laughs> no, uh, so he had it, I guess, in December, because the last time he wrestled was uh, the, the those duels in Florida, collegiate duels. Uh, yes. So yes. it was sometime after that. And which I asked JD, but I'm curious, you would know maybe more. I don't know. But is Tommy, how common a surgery is Tommy John in wrestling? Uh, I can't say I've ever heard of it. Disc golf, we have too many, too many sidearms. You're going to be Tommy John by mid-season. No problem. So you got to, you know, can't throw all sidearms. Disc golf has a season? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> a joke between me and my college buddies. But yeah, they actually do have a season. It generally starts in March and ends uh, in October. There's so, there's yeah. no seasons for being a hippie. It's it's a year-round. <laughs> it's a year-round lifestyle. Did I ever yeah. tell you my favorite disc golf quote from this summer? No. Well, maybe, but tell it again. Uh, so it was, it was one of the guys who had, it was not not Paul, who had been, a, he's a world champ, but another guy who had been a world champ. And he goes, yeah, I shower once a week whether I need it or not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a quote. Oh, my gosh. Kind of nasty. <laughs> Legend. So, okay, let's let's continue um, okay. th through this duel. Patrick, Patrick Kennedy, Kennedy solid win. 
Uh, Abasad looked fine. Cassiope, <laughs> very dominant. Then we had a Ryan Miller tech fall of Aiden Harris, who... Oh, they yeah. need Spencer back this week, buddy, because this Aiden Harris guy... They need the condenser. Not very good. Um, and that, which is interesting, because Tom Brands in his, in his post, you know, uh, match presser said you know in the first 20 seconds yeah we got to get a better we got to get a better lineup we got to put a better lineup out there so you know it's not lost on him that it's a vulnerability to have some of these guys in the lineup when they've got the horses they have but you know health has been you know limiting for them but yeah they've got to get him back because it's it's not like 33 where okay Teske's out but you have Colin Shriver it's the or or even 41 or 41 with Joe Bennett he's not that bad yeah, well, against Swiderski, it could go real bad, you know, instead yep. of uh, Ferranti, who's solid, but Swiderski, yep. we think, is probably a, a dog. Yep. Dog. <laughs> Swiderski. Yeah, but uh, 25, 25, they don't spend it. They're giving up either five or six, for sure. Yes, yes. Um, so that's a problem for, for Iowa that they know they've got to address. And the question is, what lineup are they going to put out there? Um Sunday and the probables will come out, but you don't always, you can't go by the probables. Can't trust these probables. Cause sometimes the probables are maybe nots. Cause Nelson brands was not in the probables. He wrestled. Um, so they're not gospel. These things. What about, uh, Spencer? Is he in the probables? He has not been at this point, but, oh, so they haven't put them out yet for this week. They, and they haven't put out these yet. Uh, I think uh, Avery gaming says I can confirm Spencer Lee will be back this weekend. Um, but he Avery does. Even if he's not in the probables, uh, I highly suspect we'll hear Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin glass breaking music in Carver, and then he comes out. Dude, what if he did? (laughs) That would be so hardcore. What if? I know. Carver would go nuts. Start start at one thirty three. And they're losing by like four going into freaking one twenty five. There was like, oh, we got Aiden Harris. He's gonna get killed. And then Spencer Lee's music comes on. They're like, ah. And then the whole thing is just Tyson. Do not get teched or pinned. Yeah. Fight for this major with all you have. <laughs> Everything you've got. Yes. That's a classic high school duel scenario that you see a lot it's, when it comes down to the heavyweights. That's a harrowing situation <laughs> because heavyweights are even crazier at high school because you could be. They up. love getting pinned. You could be up and be, you will not feel good <laughs> because that guy can get pinned at any point yes. in time. That is the life of high school heavyweights, and it's it's a scary run. You <laughs> you want to be up yeah. seven seven plus going into heavyweight, or you're nervous till the very end. Hundred percent. Okay. Um, so. Okay. How about real woods? Because. Uh, we got, we got any information on him? Any intel? No intel whatsoever. I I expect him to be back based on nothing other than they've got to think they really need him. And man, when we shot with him, uh, you know, I guess it was a month over a month ago now. I mean, he was fine then. So the injury seemingly recent, um, which maybe is not a case that he would be back, but I think that he will. And he's um, certainly necessary. Yeah. They're, they're going to need those, those two guys in the lineup big time. So, hey, Muir and Zap, that was a fun match. Um, really competitive win to overtime. Uh, I thought Muir, or Zap was in a decent spot, but Muir was able to win that scramble. Um, I did too once he passed but, it, but he couldn't. Um, well, talk, talk me through it. Why wasn't he able to like well, turn all the way down? Can we post it here? Oh, we can't. It's a big 10, huh? We'll go to jail. 
I don't, I don't know why I thought I think he maybe thought he could get a stalemate there or something, but yeah, because he just kind of stayed where he was at and he was trying to use his feet to to keep Muran from pressing back in. Um, yeah, I don't know why he didn't finish leg passing. That was interesting because I thought he could have. Um, you know, actually, who did it? Uh, Sasso against Gomez. I don't recall if he got the takedown or if there was no takedown off it, but where he kind of passed all the way to his belly and then he had kind of a back hook and the leg was on his back. But for the top person, it's really difficult to get their leg out there. So then, like, in that match, Sasso was able to build up. And like I said, I, I don't know if he got the takedown or put put Gomez kind of in danger of getting taken down. But I thought that was what Zap could have done pretty easily. And I don't know why he didn't finish the roll to his belly. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, so Muren was, like, standing. I remember Muren was, like, standing up on the foot. And I didn't know if, it like, he was able to make the foot too heavy to pass it or whatever. I yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think in the beginning, so I wish we could watch this. Um, so in the beginning, I thought there definitely wasn't weight on it. And then obviously, the more time he's on his feet, the more weight he has on it. But generally speaking, if you think I was taught tell my athletes, this, so like, if you think about like, this is a person and that's his legs, mm -hmm. if the person's body is over his leg, he can keep the foot heavy, right? But when the foot is way out in front of the body, yeah, it's really hard to keep it heavy because you're relying on like your hamstring muscle to like to pull your leg down to the ground, you know? And it's like, it's like, you can do it, but it's hard, you know, whereas if your weight is like straight over your foot, then it's easy to keep weight on the foot. Yeah. So this was a, a, a good match. You know, Mirren yes. gets the first takedown. Zapf gets away in the second period. Zapf gets a takedown, really nice shot. And he was, he was definitely not as offensive as Max was. Max was on his offense and coach brands made a, a comment about like, I'm not sure how good Max was. <laughs> feeling out there doesn't matter um which i thought i thought was interesting like maybe bad cut or feeling sick because he normally normally coach brands will give like a little bit of air cover if the guys aren't 100 percent out there and yeah um so i think that maybe he wasn't 100 percent, but i don't know that for sure yeah. then then he cut to 57 well first oh, of all yeah. this duel yeah, there there is a little bit of revisionist gloating from from Iowa fans and people that like weren't actually paying close attention to the duel. But this this duel could have very few things would have ticked this for Penn. I know that sounds yeah. weird in a twenty six eleven, but the turn in the Urbis match was big. Um, Zap was winning in the third period um, if he wins, yep. and one fifty seven, which was the one match I think. America had agreed was going to go to pin ends up being pinpoints for Iowa. After well, Art, he Art was Alona. up ten one. He was up in a headlock and uh, we hey oh uh, damn we can't watch this. I, I I don't know. I thought you guys had it again. The sequence in which he gets pins is super strange because he like he has the headlock. He's up big. He tries pressing with the ball and he gets reversed and then he goes into this like super high bridge, which is you know you don't really see at this level all that often. Um, and then he eventually gets to his belly. Uh, but then he just like turns back over. It was really, it was bizarre. I, it almost made me think like he got hurt bridging or something, something stupid like that. It was sort of weird. So what happened? Artelona throws a head and arm and he is inches away from pinning Siebrecht. Like it looks imminent and he's kind of positioning himself and it's like, oh man, this is, this is happening. And then it was mm -hmm. very like, like coach Brand said, it's like, it's a sort of an elementary position, but he got the hips parallel and he Seabrook just like locks around him and rolls him through and doesn't yes. just roll him through, but he holds him on his back and you're like, Oh, well, this is interesting. Yeah. Crazy high bridge. Very high. And then 
it looked like Ardalona was out. He was passing, I think, what was his left arm through, and then oh. he just turned right back into him and, and got pinned. And that was weird. it. It was a 26-11. It was very weird. And now for Seabricht, it's like the Bill Parcells quote, You're, you are what your record says you are. The guy's 4-0, all bonus point wins, <laughs> and he pinned number 10. That's, oh, come that's on, his, man. That's his resume, Ben. It's indisputable that that is his resume. And that a win like okay, that yeah. is is going to be something that helps him earn a qualifying spot potentially yeah. at, at Big Tens and, and potentially gets him – it's going to um, get him ranked. Is it Kobe Seabrick or Cole Seabrick? Which one is it? This was Kobe. Kobe Seabiscuit. Kobe Seabiscuit. Lisbon, Iowa. Lisbon, Iowa. Stand up. What do you know about Lisbon? Uh-huh. Ryan Morningstar, uh, voice Alger. Voice Alger. Yep, Look into it. Look into it. All right. Um, well, let's see. He lost last year. He lost to Ogun Sanya and Tariq. Um, yeah. These guys I, are good. I don't know, guys. I mean, uh, I guess we'll see this. Well, no. 57 for Iowa State is. Who's 57 for Iowa State? Not good, well, right? It could be Crazer. It could be Judge. My my working thought is they've got two really good forty nine pounders with Panero Johnson and Cam Robinson. Um, oh yeah, Cam Robinson. I they, they had the um, Harold Nichols Open last weekend, which was not very well attended. How about this? Did you see Parker Kekaisen? I was in a two man round robin. No, I felt bad for the other guy. So how many times did they wrestle? Just once? Uh, just twice. No, twice. He had to beat the, he had to beat the other guy up twice. Ugh, in tough the, in the semis and finals. That's tough. So yeah, so um, Wisconsin had a bunch of guys there. Um, Northern Iowa did. Iowa had a handful, and Iowa State, and really there wasn't much beyond that. So there was a handful of interesting matches. Um, like Riggins, I, I told you this. I I, I just thought Riggins was really good because he had beat so many AWA guys. Actually, I've been really annoyed by it. But <laughs> uh, seriously, it's so annoying. Uh, but he lost to one of our guys that's at Northern Iowa – um, like five, five, I think it was five one maybe uh, something like that got ridden for a while, and because I honestly thought, hey, get him down to fifty seven, and he's Iowa's best option there. Um, but maybe he's not. Definitely um, not. So I yeah, Seabricks matches. I think Seabricks clearly <laughs> cemented himself as as their fifty seven health health permitting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a really really fun duel, and I think we knew going into it. Iowa being down so many guys was going to make it interesting. And then yeah. it basically played out kind of in the ways we thought it would. They were challenging. And Penn is good, but um, Iowa gets it done. So, which which tees up Iowa State, which to me is, is, you know, I can't wait for this week in wrestling because you got Penn State's got yeah. Ryder, Ryder and Lehigh. We've got Cliff Keen, Las Vegas, uh, which is just you know, one of my favorite tournaments every year. And then Missouri, West Virginia. What about West Virginia? Missouri, West Virginia. Missouri versus West Virginia. The fighting Brackies are ready to wrestle uh, this match. Um, but cannot wait for, for that. And then Sunday, it all um, culminates with Iowa versus Iowa State. This will yes. be the most anticipated duel of the year so far. In the state of it's Iowa, going to be very excited. It's going to be really fun. There's Are you guys be... sending J.D. Raider the correspondent? No, J.D. Raider will be in Las Vegas. We are sending him home on the first flight. He's He's got a private, Saturday night. private chopper oh. taking him from Vegas straight to... Uh, straight to Austin, Texas. Straight to this... Actually, this building has a helipad on top. He's going to land 
He's gonna repel from ropes. <laughs> he's gonna get in this studio right here, and he's gonna watch party his little heart out. That's right. For With the all of you. For the oh. people. Is Sion invited to the watch party? Sion will be in Hawaii. But he says he's coming on. Oh. Yeah. He's at Grant Nakamura's wedding. Yes, he is. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, exciting times for Sion Williams. Andy Hamilton will be our boots on the ground. Yes. Will Kyle be there? In Iowa City. Um, I don't know. Probably. He loves getting his boots on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Big I haven't talked to guy. Kyle about it, though. No. I saw Kyle Klingman ride his bike to the coffee shop when I was coaching in Cedar Falls last spring. So that, he might just ride his bike down there. That, that checks out, yes. That maps. <laughs> that maps. Big walking guy. So, okay. Any other thoughts on this Iowa versus Penn duel that we saw? Um, no, that was, that was about it. Iowa had, had some rough spots in their backups. So they need to get those starters back in the lineup. This weekend should be a lot of fun. Um, probably not time to worry uh, worry about Warner, but obviously he lost to Elam, and then you know he had a very competitive match with Cole Urbis. So it'd be nice to see him have a good showing against younger Bastida, because uh, obviously that's someone he lost to last year. I mean, d- did we really think like Jacob Warner was a step above the Rocky Elams, your Bastidas, Bonacorsis? That that tier? No, I think he's uh, just in that tier. Yeah. You know, I think he's with those guys. Um, like, it's not super surprising to see him drop a match to Rocky Elam. Uh, it was a little surprising to see him get almost pinned and turned twice, close to three times. One of those tilts was crazy tight. Yeah. And, he was almost pinned. I, I thought he yeah. was about to get pinned. And Urbis, Urbis pinned TJ Stewart in a tilt at Keystone Classic. So he's one of those guys like Darian Cruz, when they initially take you over, it's tight for that split second until you can start squirming. And he can get some pinfalls with a, with a tilt. That, yeah, that said, 197, the reason we love 97 is kind of this sort of thing. Like our national champion last year lost to, lost to Cam Caffey. It's going to be that kind of a weight and – you know, Bastida and Elam go back and forth, and who knows what's going to happen with Bastida and Warner. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's going to be fascinating as well. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be an absolutely sick duel. Sick duel. Cannot wait for it. Um, I said it's going to 133. Can we push that on to the Brands brothers? Well, I don't think Dresser and, and Brands can agree on probably anything <laughs> and definitely not going to agree on start weight. That's not going to happen. I, I I would imagine they'll want to draw. Um, well, I don't know. What would be the ideal start weight for each team? I th- I think it well it, de- it really depends on lineup, right? Because if you're Iowa State, you would love to suck the air out of the room and win at 125 to start the duel. And the, and right. the Brands brothers are, are traditionalists. They like starting at, at 125 typically. So if there's a draw, it's almost always like the other team wants that um, typically. So – you would think that, but if Spencer's back, man, that's a way to get the ball rolling the wrong way for Iowa State. So I don't know what the best weight is. Maybe 65. Well, what about, uh, oh, yeah, I was thinking, oh, yeah, 65 sounds good because then Swiderski, who people have surmised is cutting a lot of weight, gets, you know, the m- most amount of rest mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, rehydration time, I guess you call it. And then um, I feel like Pinero's got to be cutting a decent amount because. You know, he he was 50, 154 at the junior trials, 152 the summer before that. Like, he can't be tiny for 149. 
Yeah. No, you can't. Um, That's a fun match, too. Urine and Pinero. Oh, very fun. Very fun. But I think... I, I'm not... I know Pinero did what he did to Gomez, and Gomez did what he did to Sasso and Yanni. But I'm... I still view Murin as a pretty good favorite in this match because of the matchup. I think the matchup is good for him. And I think the way you beat yeah. him... You're thinking about pre-Sickle Cell uh, Panero. Panero, where he falls off cliffs. No. This is new Panero. New Panero had a hard time with Grandview. New Panero this got it true. done. <laughs> he got his hand raised. That's true. I mean, Murin's uh, is a tough guy to beat. He is. He's a tough he guy is. to beat. He's he's just tough. The 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 game plan, man. You you don't chew him up for a little bit. Hand fight him really really hard. Don't take a bunch of shots. Don't re-attacks. get reattacked. Don't the re- reattacks are so nice on Panero. Don't get reattacked. Do you, you can't get reattacked if you don't shoot. Mirren does love just no, that, forehead to forehead right pushing there. in. No. Christian just said it. Can't get reattacked if you don't shoot. Yeah. Can Mirren not shoot? Yes. He can. He can. He actually doesn't have an incredibly high shot output. Yeah, he he's not he's not volume attacking. He probably of the Iowa wrestlers, he probably other than like Spencer, I would say he probably takes the most leg attacks of anyone on the team. Maybe we'll That's see Mirren? with well Kennedy. Um, Kennedy will have his say. Yeah, it's probably Kennedy. I feel like Mirren does a lot of pushing, um, especially early on. For sure. And not a lot of like attacking. That's why his face is always so beat up. But he took a lot of it. He took more attacks than I thought he would against Zaf. And then I think he got reattacked, and he got a little. But even then, in the third, he was shooting a ton. Anyway, my my thought is he's going to have a, a sound tactics for for Pinero. Pinero's going to have to take him down, or Muren will make sure he, he clears out of his attacks well. Yeah, well, that was another one where uh, Gomez has really good reattacks also. And, you know, I thought Gomez Muren would have been interesting last year. And we never got to see it. Um, so Muren is a tough guy to beat because he's not going to make stupid mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I think start weight for Iowa State, 65. Start weight for Iowa. I don't know. If you got Spencer, definitely you want to start at, I think, 125. Or do you Can- want to bring in Mariano Rivera as the closer? I don't think so. You want him? He like and he also he likes jump starting the duel. He said that multiple times, so that's his preference. Get the get the thing started. Um. Anyway, well enough uh, Iowa Iowa State talk. Was, was we? I was just gonna say we. Uh, speaking of Austin Gomez, um, we had a, a voicemail kind of talking about Austin yeah. Gomez that I'd like to uh, to get to. Yeah. Let's let's uh let's play it. Yeah, guys, I don't know what you guys are talking about on the show. See, I'm right. You guys are probably high. If you're going to say Milner has a case for number one, obviously. I know you're saying, oh, a slim chance, but yeah, what's the point of saying that? It's not, there, there's no way. But to say Austin Gomez isn't number one after beating Yanni, and especially after his performance against Sammy Sasso, you have to give it to him. I thought you guys were big advocates for people wrestling, but now you guys are saying, oh, because he, he has a bad loss to Pistachio, right? You can't make him number one. He just beat the guy. You have to. What did that guy say? Whether or not you think it's going to end that way, that's not how the season's supposed to work. And you said you guys want people to wrestle, right? So don't give them a big, big, bad problem if they lose one bad match. I mean, look at Wisconsin's results, right? You got to think they were training through Iowa State. That's probably what happened at the beginning of the season. Who cares? They came out a little flat. 
oh, well, you know how college wrestling works. It's hard. And so they didn't have a good performance, all right? They aren't peaking for Iowa State. You know this, and I hate to say it, but it's true. If you go and practice, right, this guy hard, getting repetitive. You train cut, him off. You yeah, perf- cut him off because I got yeah. something I, I want to say to this guy who's got to be either. That was Sion. <laughs> he called the man. <laughs> He's either from Wisconsin or Illinois. But everything he just said also applies to Yanni, if not even more so. He's talking about, yeah. oh, he had one bad loss. Like, you can't punish him for that. That's the Yanni argument. Also, you don't get, uh, oh, well, so we shouldn't count a result because you theorize that they trained through an event. Like, that doesn't have anything to do with anything if you're talking about a ranking. It's like the matches Um, are the matches. And if it wasn't Yanni, it wouldn't be a discussion. But his his resume is so immaculate that he was. If this was 141, Gomez is number one. But it's not number. It's not 141. It's Yanni. It's it's a three-time NCAA champion who put his number one ranking on the line against Gomez. You want to talk about uh, we like guys that are that are in the streets and putting the ranking on the line. Austin Gomez didn't have a number one ranking to lose. Yanni did, and he still wrestled. Well, well, he also, well, he also didn't have to lose. Guys, <laughs> the other thing that um, his voicemail would, would lead you to believe um, is that we're well into the season, and he's maybe like 15-1 and one or something, but he's only had four matches. He's four. He's three and one. And actually, I think only, you know, obviously well, I count it, but um, oh no, no, the Sasso match is not on here. So he's officially three and one, but four and one. So it's not he's had a whole bunch of matches. He's he's had a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I'm not sure if we talked about though after the All Star is after he beats Sammy Sasso, do we feel more confident or less confident in his abilities to repeat what he did to Yanni postseason? I don't think I don't view them that as relevant, honestly. And I mean, if anything, the fact that Sasso was able so put up points, put in the up first points. He was up. He had Gomez in a bad spot, and then just fell <laughs> fell off a cliff. But had that yes. not happened, like Yan, Sasso's never going to put Yanni in that position where he's down five two going to the third. In my opinion. Um, they well, because and think about it, guys, times. Gomez. I mean, as, as impressive as Gomez was, he got four takedowns in the third and still only won by a point. Yep, that's. I mean, that's, that's like, that's holy crap. I'm still Yanni. Next topic, maybe not next topic, but Yanni Ooh, for sure. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Does Gomez's skill set give him the highest odds of beating Yanni? Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else yeah. it, even in the conversation. Um, Agreed. Panera, 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 pistachio, 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 Panera, <laughs> Panera bread. Oh my god. Um, yeah, no. Th- Gomez is the only one with a with a legitimate chance. As good as Milner and Parco are, I just don't see it with them. Um, and we're talking about a legend, so it's yeah. not it's not shade. It's just the, it's the reality. So uh, is Yanni wrestling any more matches for Cornell prior to? Because I just saw. I saw a UWW advertisement this morning um, that I, I can't say his name, so you guys have to help me out here. Uh, that Iranian who we lost to and him will both Amuza. be at the World Cup. Amuza, it looks way longer than that. Well, th- there's more, but there's always more. <laughs> oh, okay, see, there was CKLV. Is is Yanni going to CKLV? No, he's not. I mean, I don't even know that for a fact, but no, there's okay. no way he's going to. Um, be- and then did you guys see at 157, uh, 
uh, where did they wrestle? The Matt Town Open, actually. Uh, Yapujian killed Handlevic, which is, you know, we were all saying, like, why is Yapujian starting? Why isn't Yapujian starting? Yeah. I'm sorry, why isn't Yapujian starting? Yes. Yeah, I I don't know if he was out with injury. I, I had to assume that, but now it seems like the spot will be his. And I thought he was their better guy all along, but injuries are a thing. Hey, did you see what else happened in the Manhattan Open? What happened? Another college tournament. She's won more more college tournaments. He didn't wrestle really anybody. He can't help it. They won't show up. Ranked good, but he still whooped him. He's going to be like ranked. uh, He'll be a ranked true freshman. uh, He he also did it with uh, all bonus points. Three falls, one major. Yeah, he's he's the man. Very, very good wrestler. Um, Okay. It says, uh, I'm getting this, I'm getting this every thing where it says I can't view his wrestle stat page. Super annoying. Log in, bro. You got to log <laughs> no, in. No, I'm logged in. Knucklehead. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about this Minnesota South Dakota State duel. It was pretty crazy. It seemed like South Dakota State was going to win because they mm. came out and they won the matches like that they maybe weren't favored in. Right, and but they got upset at seventy four because um, O'Reilly beat Devos. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! But um, <laughs> the big upset was Minnesota's backup Vance Vombauer, yeah. um, of Vance Vombauer yeah. Refrigeration beat Clay Carlson six to four. Clay Carlson off to a rough start. Yeah, he lost to Happel and now Vombauer. And I, yeah. I, I kind of wonder if it's a weight thing because Carlson is not a guy who's had a lot of dips and performances like this. He looked big, and it's there was one sequence where I was like, "Man, when does Carlson not finish that?" He had like, he basically had Von Bauer dead to rights on. I think it was a reattack or something. He was in great position, and then just kind of got, I don't want to say out hustled, but like he didn't finish it, and yeah, it was sort of a, a little alarming to me. And then, uh, I mean, so obviously, the second I saw this, I thought, oh, Vance Bombauer, he must, you know, he must have had a really good redshirt year, and we just hadn't talked about it or didn't see it or something like that. And then you go look through his wrestle stat, and he's he's had two losses this year already: one to Berglund, one to uh, Nate Lucier, who I didn't really know. And then he had a bunch of losses. He got major by Colin Shriver last year. He got beat by Drew Matt in seven zero. Like it's like not a terrible record, but it's not really a great record either. Yeah, you, you just don't know. He beat hmm, he beat Kyle Biscaglia yep. last year. That's a year. good win. Yeah, that's solid. He beat Skalardzik, Pride of Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of it. Now he's up at 41 with the two losses. So, yeah, you know, not, not it wouldn't put you on the radar. It's, it's an alarming loss. There's no way to slice it for right now, especially – with the backdrop of Carlson losing to Happel, who and Happel's, you know, he could very well be really good. Um, but that's a match you expect Carlson to be winning at this point in his career, and he didn't. Yeah, because uh, Happel was yeah, Happel was good last year, but not great, obviously. So for him to lose that match is is pretty surprising. Yeah, he he was zero and two at Big Twelves, but his losses were Andrew Lirez and Carter Young, not not bad losses. Uh, this yeah. year he's beaten. Really, Carlson's his only notable win so far. He's four and zero. You and I hasn't really competed that much, but I do believe they are going to 
CKLV. They had some of their starters at the tournament I mentioned, uh, Harold Nichols, and I think they're going to CKLV this weekend. Cool. So we'll be mm-hmm. paying attention to that. Um, but beyond that, a great duel, awesome atmosphere at South Dakota State. They always have really, really good and knowledgeable and passionate crowds. So that's awesome. Good job to the Jackrabbit faithful. Um, do you want? I want to hear this. Uh, Bad Santa. Hey. Bad Santa has a question. I'd like to hear it. Hey, FRL. This is Bad Santa coming at you here from Illinois. Longtime listener. I always appreciate what you guys do. I want to ask a question about Ben's regression to the mean example. Um, I'm currently studying marketing analytics and insights, so I have a very good understanding of what that means from a data perspective. Um, I just, I'm really interested to hear your take on how it applies to athletics. I know you use the example of Pitt versus Lehigh, Keith Gavin yelling at his team, oh, look, my team is back to where they were because I yelled at them. Um, and Ben, I know that you had said it's not really realistic. It's more data. It's more in numbers when looking at that. It's more likely that they will regress to the mean, whether that be positive or negative for some athletes. I want to see, yes, by data that makes sense. But when you actually take into account a, I'll use Lucas Bird as an example, going in the next week after losing Jesse Mendez, actually physically putting in the work actually physically taking shots, getting coaching, learning what he did wrong and excelling after that, that example towards any athlete, can they ever break their stereotype of what regression to the mean might be? Or is it always just going to be linear data and a data point fluctuating up and down uh, just based upon the standard that you set for regression to the mean? Hope that makes sense. Thank you guys for everything yeah. that you do. Really appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. Nice. I don't think we used uh, Keith Gavin, did we? As an example. Well, I think we talked about just the. Yeah. We did talk about that duel. Yeah, but I don't. Think and you were the one who brought up regression to me. But um, so I guess my my take on this, Christian, um, will be that, um, obviously someone can get better, right? So you can you can make a progression. And then there's certain athletes who have good consistency, and most likely it's because like they do things right, they cut weight right, they get their sleep right, the nutrition is good, and and therefore their fluctuations are significantly less visible. Um, and then the other part of that would be um, wrestling style, right? Some people have really specific styles who will beat really good people, but maybe lose people who aren't that good. Whereas other people who have a more diverse skill set are going to beat you know a, a greater amount of people, kind of who are all over the board. Um, but I, de- I definitely think, and I, cause I've seen it, whether it's with teams or with individuals, um, maybe you're not doing things right. And so you have a bad match or a bad tournament. And you're like, damn, I'm better than that. I got, I need to get my crap together. I need to freaking go to sleep early, get my nutrition right, get it all together. And then the next time, you know, you really like, you know, you put it together and then maybe, so maybe you're above, above where your skill level is at and then you stay there for a little bit, right? And then you get a little lackadaisical and you think, oh, I got I got this handled, I got this taken care of. And you get a little loose on all the disciplinary stuff, you know, and then you go back down. And, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. I, I see yeah. that happen with both teams and individuals for sure. So you think you think the most variance is just a result of like d- discipline? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, they just mentioned that with um, 
the Iowa State duel, right? Didn't Dresser say a few of the guys got really heavy after yeah. beating? So, you know, they said, oh, we got Grandview, no big deal. I'll get a little heavier and, you know, I can, I can cut a little more weight. Because um, really that, you know, the, with the one-hour weigh-in, a few pounds makes a difference. You know, if you're cutting, say, uh, instead of your two and a half, that's normal or whatever, right? Instead of that, you're doing five because you got kind of heavy that week. You know, the la- and we're talking about in the last you know, the morning of or whatever. Um, yeah, that's going to affect your performance. Um, yeah, so, so I think those type of things. But no, I, I think stylistic matters also. And that can kind of just give you some funny results because if someone's, um, like I said, has a really specific style and they, you know, they have an opponent style who really counters them, then maybe they lose to someone who's worse than them. And But, you know, some for some kids, that's a wake-up call where it's like, oh, I can't if if they can attack my right leg with a high crotch, I can't beat that guy. I need to really fix that deficiency or something to that effect. Gotcha. Okay. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I I man, I don't know. I think there's just like also probably just cycles of training and the human body that, that that can have an impact too. Um, you could be because I I think I'm not gonna paint the picture of every wrestler is like the most disciplined person. But in, in general, I would say at the division one level, there's, they're all pretty, maybe I'm wrong, pretty approximately yeah, wrong, motivated. Man. I was on a college team and there was a lot of college kids who were doing just stupid stuff, you know, like <laughs> starters, you know, I mean, really like ballooning their weight way up, right. After weigh-ins that, you know, they balloon their weight way up and then, you know, just uh, or don't sleep, or there maybe some of them even party. You know, my team was pretty good about that in season where we didn't really party that much, but there are some people who still party in season, right? They get the, I to mean, so not to, not to do Shane Spark stuff, but you know, maybe they they slack on their homework, right? And then they got an exam week and they're studying their butt off, and then they got to wrestle that Friday or something, you know, and they haven't been barely sleeping at all. Bring it up, you say it, you know, bring it no, up. I don't, I don't mess with the girlfriends. <laughs> I think Shane. I think. I think personally, we, maybe we can ask him on Wednesday. He he might have got dumped by a girl at some point during his wrestling career, and it really affected him. And he just is still bringing it up twenty five years later. I. It's a theory. We. I think we should try to unpack this live on air if he comes on Wednesday, which I'm hoping. Well, he does. I think there's a definite chance of that. All right. Well, we'll we'll try to delve deeper into that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, JD, you're on a college wrestling team. Tell tell me that there were everyone was uber disciplined and never ate too much. That, or that is like that. not. Yeah, that is not the case. Well, that that's JD's <laughs> influence. You know, he's a party guy. Hey, he, he lives. He likes living La Vida Loca. That's his literal ringtone. No, we always, <laughs> we, we we were kind of like Ben's team. We always tightened it up during season. Yeah. Yeah, tighten it up. Okay. Um, we also have a voicemail question about Starachi and Stalling on top. Um, I haven't heard this, so I'd like to hear it right now. I uh, wanted to know your thoughts about the Carter, Carter Starachi match. Starachi, whatever. Um, do you consider that Stalling because he just wrote him out? Or in no way I thought it was Stalling, but obviously don't ask this question, but just curious about your thoughts. Thanks. Well, I'll, I did not think for a moment that he was going to get called for stalling. Um, just lo- watching it live, I was like, oh, a, a, a warning's coming. So I think by that, I don't think he was stalling, no. And I think there's riding time in wrestling, and so if that's a thing you're supposed to strive to do, then you can't get mad when guys are, are riding. I felt like he was pretty active on top. 
despite not getting close yeah. to a turn. Uh, I mean, I feel similarly, although I was, it does, when I see matches like it does get my brain churning about like, you know, I, I was actually thinking the other day about maybe if you don't even get one swipe of back points, you shouldn't be able to earn a ride time point. Mm-hmm. Something like that, because that, that shows that you're not even attempting to, you know, you're not even attempting to turn them. You're just attempting to keep them down. That doesn't which necessarily is, mean you're not attempting. So what my counter yeah. to that, Ben, is like, yeah. And what was happening, I think, in that match was Carter had to work basically yep. the entire two minutes just to keep him down. And yes. never. And every time he would get him in a somewhat vulnerable position, Makai would start improving, and he would have to yep. counteract the improvement. So if you're there, it's hard to get to the next level. Now, that being said, Carter Storacci is not a guy that's going to be turning a lot of elite wrestlers. It's just not something he really even looks to do. So I'm not giving him a pass there. But yeah. with someone like Makai, I give him more of a pass. There are wrestlers you'll see, you're like, man, you could probably turn this guy, and he's just been flat for, for 45 seconds, and you're not really working for a turn. But that match, that instance, I would say, no, not stalling. Yeah. Uh, no, so I, I think I, I would agree with that. But, yeah, there is part of me that says, like, if you're just riding, it's not – it's it's stalling, bro. So um, I don't think in that match, and you know, I the other thing I think about stalling rules is I I do hate the like mandatory stalls where that you know if you're grabbing a leg for five seconds or the one that's really bad because some guys guys like they call it on the assassin a side headlock for five seconds or um uh what should we call it uh the Rutgers kid Saldano you know it kind of uses that side headlock so it's like just watch the freaking match and if the guy's being aggressive and then let him wrestle and if he's not then hit him for stalling. Yeah, so I, uh, man, I do like the idea. David Taylor's idea is like no riding time unless you get a turn. I like your idea, a swipe. You know what I'm gonna bring up? Insta death. Insta death. <laughs> oh god! One of Ben's. Get... Ben's had a lot of good started. ideas. That's got to be the best one. <laughs> yeah, insta death might be my best idea ever. Trap door just boom sucked into the earth. That's it. Can you just... All right, just think about how nuts. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I agree that I think uh, you shouldn't get right in time unless you have a turn. Yeah. What were we saying, Ben? I was going to think about that's Carver's crowd would go for instant death. Oh, my gosh. That would be like their favorite thing ever. They would love it. They would chant it. There would be shirts. Yes. yes. And that would make writing without turning like actually kind of fun. Yeah, it would. Yep. What What did we say this, the scenario was for instant death? Three yeah. minutes of riding time? Three or three and a half is what we came up with. We weren't sure which one we wanted to choose. Three, three minutes is nice. Three and a half is is sort of rarefied. Um, yeah, but you would. So here's the thing, though, Christian, is if if you did insta death, people would be more incentivized, right? So maybe a guy would choose like, a Jacob Warren. If Jacob, Jacob Warren chooses a topic, it's Cole Urbis. He's riding him the whole period, right? You know what I'm saying like so, mm-hmm. you, people would be maybe incentivized to choose top or not choose but you know not choose bottom also because like okay well if i can just get a takedown and ride him then i'm gonna get insta death so i'm not gonna choose bottom because then my time's gonna tick down also you know like think about this you get an early takedown in the first you ride for 240 in the first period then you get choice in the second oh it's over (laughs) yeah i'm thinking thinking less about the tactics and more around the pageantry we could have like I'm thinking of like that nuclear reactor going alarm for like the last 10, 15 seconds of the countdown while the crowd is like, they have staffs for some reason they're pounding it. 
on the on the ground and they're chanting <laughs> insta death. And maybe they I mean, maybe Carver yeah, gives out skulls. <laughs> and they throw oh, the skulls. Skulls on a stick. Skulls on a stick for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And wrestling does skull need can to come off, and you can throw it. Wrestling needs like a like a hat trick, like they have in hockey. Just something, an, a, some sort of thing where you get a free pass to throw a clothing item or something onto the mat. What instead of Carver cones, you go skull bowls for the <laughs> for the ice cream, and you eat <laughs> the delicious soft serve out of a skull, and then you finish it by the time intermission's done, and it's in it's insta death time, and then you've got a skull. Yeah. It's your skull. You can do whatever you want with it. You can throw it on the mat. I love it. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Um, man, why can't we do this? Can we do can we do a full event and just put this in the rules? Man, technically, yes, we could. Um, <laughs> it would be so exciting. Easily like speaking. and then we would, you know, people would watch it one time. Even the people who think it's stupid, they would watch it one time and they'd say, Oh my god, this is gonna be over. And they'd be on the edge of their seat, boom, and then someone escapes at three minutes and twenty nine seconds and they don't yeah. get insta death. That's a triumph. You know what the yeah. funniest thing would be is if we have it and we build it up in this biggest thing and it doesn't happen one time in the entire event. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> debut of Insta Death. It didn't happen. You got to get at least one match where it's going to happen for sure. Where there's yeah, one we got to set it up. Yeah, terrible on bottom. You got to rig it. It's like uh, yeah, Ben versus Sion. I was going to say Keegan match. versus JD. Keegan hey. versus JD. <laughs> there's a weight difference. Bottom, there's a weight difference there. Yeah. That's the only reason. Well, that's your choice, being that small. You're bigger. <laughs> Where do right, you walk around at, James? Um, I don't know. High 40s. High 40s. Mid-40s to 150, I'd say. Okay. Maybe a little on the heavy end after Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, man. It was a good weekend. I ate a plate so big yesterday for leftovers. When I had it in front of me, I was like, what am I actually doing? Like, Almost this... time for turkey sandwiches. And then I ate the whole thing. I couldn't believe it. I was so... I was in, I was like, this is so dumb. I was glad my family wasn't there to see it. And then I overcame. It was my moment of uh, overcoming and persevering. And I ate the whole thing. I feel great. I feel great about it. To uh, wrap this kind of back to the voicemail, at what point do you call a top man for stalling? Because I think we all agree, like, even if there is a writing time point you're working towards, you should get hit on top at some point, yes? If you yeah. can't break, especially if you can't break them down, that's the one where it gets me. If like if you can't get them broken down, if they just keep getting on the feet and you're, I mean, you know who actually got called for this? And um, it was funny because the other guy usually does it is Rocky Elam, which Smith was a little mad about it, but I was like, eh, it was, was kind of warranted where he pulled him out of bounds when he was on top, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I hate it when the the top man pushes the bottom man out of bounds. It's such a stall tactic. Yeah, I, I... I agree, but it's it's tough to yeah. We've kind of had that debate back and forth on like. There's no tough. If they push them out of bounds, the only thing they want is a restart. That is not a wrestling move, guys. This is not a wrestling. Move. If, if there's no edges, riddle me this, Christian. If there's I'm no guys edges, crawl out all the time though. Yeah. To get a restart. Okay. Well. Okay. Let's. That's a separate topic, and we can talk about that. Another stupid thing where the ref should just call them out. Okay. But okay, they're on their feet. They're rear standing. One one person has hands locked behind the other person. If there's no out of bounds, you're in a wrestling room. What mat return does the top guy drop drive the other guy forwards for? Well, none, none. They don't exist. It's dumb. It's just to get a restart. It's it's if it's well, it's if it's the uh, it's the so uh, Penn State like ankle trap thing. They're taking them forward with that. They don't run. They they do a, like a side fall, a side type fall, but they don't run. Like literally, what I'm talking about is when 
They, they, they drive. There he goes. <laughs> they're, they're running a lot of bounds. Like, that's, there's no move, guys. That's not a move. That's not a move. They're trying to get a restart. That's stalling. Every single time that it should happen, it should be boom, stalling. Don't you, do it. You and don't... you just fix it right away. It's so obvious. You don't see it um, as much at the college level because guys realize that this does nothing. But at the high school level, you will see a lot where oh, the yeah. guy underneath is literally like just thinks he can just like run away. So the top guy has to like run with him to follow. Oh, that never happens in college ever. But yes, it, it never happens in college. Unrelatable Ben Askren doesn't understand the 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 top and bottom struggles of the working man. <laughs> um, and then to the point you were talking about, JD. Um, in any scenario, and this would just be like rest discretion. I, I don't think you need to make a rule, but in any scenario where the bottom guy is kind of fully off the mat and the top guy has like his feet or maybe his knees in bounds, that should just be stopped because it, the the bottom guy makes any type of good movement, the top guy's going out and it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's mm-hmm. no positive for the bottom person at that point in time. And so like when the bottom guy crawls out, it's like, well, that's what he should do. Why is he going to make the effort to try and get up when the top guy is going to take his feet out of bounds? It's stupid. Like anyone who doesn't understand, like when people start booing in that scenario, that tells me you people either wow. one, don't understand wrestling and what's happening right now, or number two, are so biased that you don't care that you're cheering or booing the wrong thing. Uh, Yeah, but that's also like saying – you should just have your – if you don't want to shoot on a guy, you should just have your butt to the edge of the mat because you know if he shoots, then you'll go out of bounds and it's all good. Uh, no, it's not like that at all. It, it's it's if you, if you end up in a scenario where the bottom guy is out of bounds and the top guy has like a, you know, a limb or a half a body in, it's, it's almost impossible for the bottom guy to do an escape or reversal there because the top guy just has to get out of bounds. If the bottom guy does anything good, they just go out of bounds. There's no reward for the bottom person. It's the stupidest scenario in wrestling right now. I, I under I understand what you're saying, and I I agree because how often do you say get your restart? But uh, I think I don't know in the college wrestling rule book. Um, but like theoretically, you are supposed to always like work to score or like work into something. Like like in freestyle, you literally can't. They make you like pivot defensively if you're on bottom. You can't just even like put your head down. That's obviously a different scenario because in that scenario, the 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 top guy is exclusively trying to turn, not to stay on top, right? So the, the top guy is hugely de incentivized if the bottom guy goes out of bounds. Um, in this scenario, the bottom guy is de incentivized when the top guy goes out of bounds because it takes away any positive thing they're doing. Correct. So it's and a flip. It's a flip. Basically on the same page. I'm just I'm okay. just counteracting here. Yeah, that one make that one makes me angry when when when. When the, the bottom guy is out of bounds and, and, and then the, the coach is going, he's crawling out of bounds. It's like, yeah, you idiot. Do you not understand what's happening right now? Like, duh. Like, obviously, there's literally nothing else. So that's why the ref should just stop it. You know, unless the, unless the top guy has like a pinning combination, a cradle, a tilt, a bar, something like that. But if he's just on a freaking tight waist, like, nah, we're stopping this. Start back in the middle. No, no. Unless they've been there for a while. But I hate when refs are like, we're out of bounds. And they're just – Clearly not out of bounds. They're just in like a stalemate situation that could last. But like, no, if get out of bounds, get your restart. You have to earn that as the bottom man. Yeah, I don't know. The referees can just let you off the hook. Yeah. But you you see how this is very um, 
Up the words slanted. It's very slanted towards the top man. Like the the the, the specific rule set of anything that's in bounds has a gigantic flaw around this specific position. Because yes, if the bottom guy, if you knew nothing about wrestling, you don't know the rules, and the bottom guy is crawling towards the edge, you would think bottom guy is stalling. He's evading action, which in that essence is a little bit true. But then when you when you use like above ninety IQ and you think about it. Well, the second, the maybe above 70, I don't know about some of these people. Above 70, we'll say they're not riding on the short bus. When you use above not riding on the short bus IQ, and you realize, okay, if the top guy gets to if the bottom guy gets to his feet, top guy steps out of bounds. If the bottom guy starts getting reversal, the top guy slides out of bounds. There's literally nothing positive that can happen for the bottom guy in that scenario because it's so easy for the top guy to say, wait, I'm gonna pull something bad's happening. I pull my foot out of bounds, it's over. Right. So like I if you have short bus IQ levels, you could say, yeah, crawling out of bounds is stalling on the bottom man. But then once you like think about the rule set, you're like, well, what else is there for the top bottom man to do at that point? Is dumb. Yeah, I, I would say and also a part of maybe this is a wrong thing to say, but I think part of like the official's job is to fill help facilitate scoring action and make sure like yes. um that that stuff's happening and I think that's what you see. Yeah, they're saying out of bounds, but we all know what they're, they're like. We want to see points, and no one can score from here. And I think, to Ben's point, they're kind of taking their own ju- just approach to the mat wrestling problems that, that out of bounds can kind of create. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's, there's just a gigantic flaw when you think about because um, I'm sure you guys would say um, with – you know, with the stall calls, the ed- the edge rules in folk style wrestling, uh, college folk style wrestling are like not great. You wouldn't love them because because of, of the stall calls. But when you think of like if you watch high school folk style wrestling and they it's it's this weird like two points in and it's it's called all over the place. Yeah, versus so like confusing. Anything's in bounds, you're in bounds. Like that is the the clearest edge rules ever, and it's awesome. Um, but there is this flaw in the top bottom position. Yeah. Well, we can fix it if they just listen to us. Insta-death. Insta-death, these fools. <laughs> okay. Next things. What should our next things be, James? Get to uh, some Twitter questions. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, um, CJ Kemp wants to know if he's in FRL jail because he's asked questions. Email. Now, I don't know the emails and phone. I don't know about the phone. All I see are the tweets. James, you can just yell at James for this um, if he's if he's bypassing. Or maybe look inward. Maybe start with the man in the maybe mirror, CJ, questions. Um, and be like, hey, maybe my questions aren't rising to the level. I don't know what the scenario is, CJ. I know the last question you asked was about Indiana. Well, you definitely asked CJ Kemp questions CJ, before. Of, of the yeah. question askers, I think you've had a, a pretty solid run. Now, you asked about Indiana beating Princeton. I I don't have a, a much of a take on that. Patrick Glory didn't wrestle. That changes things. If Patrick Glory wrestles, he wins the duel. So I don't take it as some uh, shift for for Indiana. Love uh, what Angel's doing there, but there's it's undetermined. So I actually just answered your question there. But you committed no crimes that I'm aware of. But James is the is the judge, jury, and executioner for FRL questions. Um, hey, are you guys? Uh... I just I don't know why I thought I forgot to bring this up. Ben and Bergie got beat twelve zero by Salazar. Yeah. Um, 
Is that surprising? I mean, given the fact that they just won a junior world silver uh, and had a really good run there, is that surprising to you guys? Because that was surprising to me. It's also tough. I know, but he got he got dominated. Um, yeah. He lost to Mikhail Foy too. Michael Foy. I don't. Michael. Michael. Um. So yeah, I I wonder if he might still is he going to be their guy or could they pull him yeah, back? They I think they technically could still pull him back and say, all right, Bennett, let's take a year and get ready for next year. I think that's kind of the plan. That would probably be wise. Um, yeah, I am surprised though. Twelve zero. I, I expect him to be competing with with the Salazar for sure. Yeah, you would think. Um, hey, in our chat, in our chat, uh, uh, Shapiro for Hodge, 13-0, 12 bonus. <laughs> Yo, he's wrestled more than a lot of uh, the Hodge contenders. Uh, all, all of them. Who's you got say, 13 matches? Yeah, that's a good point. He's got the uh, the uh, the Ben Askren strategy too. There you go. Had to all these opens. <laughs> Man, you know what? Uh, so I Keith, guess he has to. Yeah. To Shapiro, definitely for Hodge. He's a contender more so than others. <laughs> but uh, I'll say Keith asked a good question. Um, and he said, the real question we're asking is, how come no one tased Ben when he was at headquarters? This is, is a good question. Cause, a lot of cowards. Because literally Kozak had the, the taser. And then I started to think about it more. I'm like, why does Kozak have a taser? That's a great question right there. It's his wife's. Um, and I think sometimes she tases Kozak is what I have to assume. Uh, now, they're from Detroit where you've got it. You can't. I don't think you can go anywhere without a taser. That's my, okay. that's my opinion yeah. after spending five days there. So I kind of thought about it more. I'm like, man, what an incredible liability it would be to tase someone and like, I don't know. Even though Ben's a, a, a great friend. It's I'm like, a healthy man. Crap. Can't hurt me. I can't get the coronavirus. Don't have body odor. I got caveman DNA. That, I would have shook that thing off, no problem. <laughs> I know, but then I was thinking about I was like, man, this is actually not a great idea. Like, maybe we had to eat something really hot or something, but. I know. I still want to tase you. Yeah, I want to tase him more than anyone. <laughs> I want to see his little, his curly hair stick up on its end like he's about to wrestle Herbert in the finals. But uh, probably not going to be – I don't know. It doesn't seem like a great idea. Um, it could go bad. It could go bad. You don't know everything about – I mean, listen, I don't think Ben's a guy that's getting regular uh, checkups on his whatever. He could have a uh, – I hate checkups. I'm a caveman. I, I feel the same. I don't, I, don't get, I don't get checkups. Pointless. What's the point? Picture of health, me. But Absolutely. no, so I, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, we probably shouldn't take it. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do it sometime off campus. Off campus, oh, okay. I won't know any. It won't be flow affiliated. Uh, wait, but uh, here's a here's a thing that we could do. Ben has to attack one of us, and then it's self defense. That's right. Oh and God. then it's and then as long as we don't press charges on Ben for the attack, we say, hey, we, you know, we're just gonna sell it. Then I don't think we can get in trouble. Basically, back blackmailing Ben. Right. So this is a little. This is a little more. Uh, yeah. Keith says yeah. that no more taser bets ever are allowed. The chat has spoke. Keith, that's no, a fair listen, point. I, I was I was willing. I didn't really love it, but I said oh. I just told my I, I told my daughter this the other day, because uh dude, this is so stupid. You wanna hear something stupid I did? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, is? Hike, down here in Arizona, we went on this hike and um this is a dead tree, right? Like super dead. 
and I throw a rock at it and like some stuff pops off and I'm like, Hey kids, let's like throw some rocks at this tree and knock it over. So the kids like get really into it. <laughs> this stupid tree won't fall down. Like yeah. we're, it's like, it's like you throw in the rocket and like a bunch of stuff comes off, but the, the center was a little stronger than I had anticipated. I know. And, Amy posted you know, about it. I saw, I saw you trying okay. to. So, so we're going for a while. I convinced these other, this other hiker to hang on the dog leash, to try to pull this sucker down. <laughs> we couldn't do it. And, but I, so I told Alex, we're going to get this tree down. And so my daughter's like, dad. You said you're gonna get this tree down. I am damn it all. I'm a man of my word. We're gonna get this tree down. So I, I drove back out there with her yesterday. We took we took a handsaw and that sucker went down. Wow. I a man told, of his I'm word. A man of my word. I promise you that tree is coming down. The stupid tree is coming down. What a man. Okay. Here's here's <laughs> how we're gonna do this taser thing. And here's how it's gonna happen, chat. <laughs> ben, you're gonna tase yourself. And we technically cannot get in any trouble for that. <laughs> you're we're gonna you're gonna get the taser. I never you're said I would tase myself. I said I would allow someone to tase uh, tase me. Well, we I think, and I haven't talked to anyone about this. It's just my brain working. Don't think it's okay. a good idea for someone at Flow to tase you. So, but you could keep you could be a man of your word and tase yourself. So we can at least leave yeah. that door open. You know okay. what? That that gives us some hope to carry on. Don't worry, Ben. I'll right. tase you sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or have Amy. Amy could do it. I don't know if Amy, Amy would do it. I fear no man, especially not HR. Ozzy <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't stop. I don't trust Ozzy one day. <laughs> I'm not trusting Ozzy. I don't want him anywhere near a taser. Because um, I think the first person getting tased in that scenario is probably Ozzy. <laughs> he might like it. <laughs> okay. I don't. Did we answer this Ridge Lovett question about coming out now? Because I think it's a no, terrible. Why would idea. you do that? Yanni's still Yanni. I don't get Yanni's it. Yanni's still Yanni, and his the whole point of his red shirt still exists. He wants to develop, and so yeah. no, it's not about. Yeah, you're chasing a short term maybe thing and pulling that. It'd be. A, I think it'd be a really bad idea, honestly. Um, yeah, and and Ridge has still not beaten. Um... Uh, he still has to meet Gomez either. So who beat? Oh, because Ridge beat Andonian in these semis. Andonian beat Gomez in the quarters, and then Ridge beat Bryce. Yes. Okay. Um, any other questions before mm, Gomez we go? beat oh. Ridge at Big Tens last year? Yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, I yeah. think he bombed him. Yes, he did. He double underhooked him and threw him to his back for the pinfall. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, if anyone has a uh, – and I'll get a lot of questions. A lot of people want to get me stuff for Christmas. Well, I have just the thing. Uh, oh, what is if it? If Tyler can can pull in this tweet, this is my exact style um, right here. Oh, One God. of these <laughs> these hats. So uh, uh, a Washington – Is this Photoshop, Christian, or is this the real thing? That's the real deal, brother. And um, that's no cap. That's no cap. That's the cap. <laughs> So Brian Robinson is on the Washington Commanders, formerly Washington football team, formerly Washington Redskins. Um, and his friend started this company that makes these hats. So he's supporting his friend after the game by wearing this hat, which is just 
If you've seen Spaceballs, so think there's something inside that carries it on his head because yeah, it, there, it looks like way high. It's like a you know, there's a hat in the hat, like a Russian nesting dolls type of situation, but for a hat, and it looks nesting dolls situation. It's hey, like anyone... what'd you say? I said I, I did not. I didn't say anything. Nesting okay. doll situation. Yeah, so I it's clicked huge. on Keith Gothard just tagged me in a comment. He put his address on the chat, which maybe is not advisable for him. Oh my gosh! Um, What's yeah, he that, doing here? I wouldn't do that. Um, maybe it's a maybe it's a uh, maybe it's like the Lemon Tea MMA um, address. Lemon? Did you call it Lemon Tea? Isn't it Lamont? Lamont? No, I'm pretty sure it's Lemon Tea. Stop. Lemon and then tea. That's lemon tea. <laughs> no, this is a, this is his actual residence. Okay. No, it's not. It is. It really is. I'm, I looked also. That's a that's a nice home. Good job, uh, good Keith. Good for you, Keith. God, they're good for you. Um, you know, you could like, you know, never mind. It's fine, Keith. What? Who's oh. gonna? If they come mess with you, they're gonna learn a hard lesson of life. He um, he <laughs> himself. I think you yeah. kicked off Facebook for doxing people, but if you dox yourself, I think it's cool. It's a taser scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he's got plenty of tasers on hand. Um, so yeah, this this hat is is incredible. And uh, what would you do this? Would you support your friend? See, I think the best way to support a friend is to say, "Friend, I love you. You can do so much. This is maybe not the best business. File venture. this under bad ideas. <laughs> let's try to find good ones." But this, I think that'd be a good friend right there, Christian. Yeah, that's how I would be a friend in that scenario. Because this is Lord Helmet from Spaceballs levels of it absurd. Um, great movie, by the way. Have you seen Spaceballs, Ben? Uh, uh, it's been a long time. I don't recall. I mean, I, I think I've it's been on the TV while I've been in the room, but I don't I don't recall the plot or anything. It's almost as funny as Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse is elite level funny, which is unintentionally hysterical. Um, <laughs> Okay, shout out to the Commanders. Big win over Atlanta. Wow. I watched uh, one of my first football games. My son is now a football fan, which is kind of fun too. Because he's That's like, he previously wasn't one. And the way he determined what team he liked, because he's seen my life and, and the, the pain associated with being a Washington football Redskins Commanders fan. He didn't go fan. Texans? He didn't go Texans. Cause, so he's because like, they're not good. He's like, he's like, what are the five best teams? And I told him them. He's like, okay. And then he typed them into this like random like generator thing. He's like, all right, I'm gonna put the names in here, and whatever one it says, I'm gonna be a fan of. And it hit it, and it was the Chiefs. So now he's a Chiefs fan. Well, like, how convenient hey, for him. This is pretty convenient. So yeah, good for him. And then we watched the Chiefs Rams game yesterday. It was kind of fun. Okay. Um. So show discussion. We're doing it today. Wednesday, Thursday, regular back to our regular schedule. Um, that's gonna that's gonna be our normal schedule this season. Yes, it is. So get used to it. Deal with it. I wish we could do quick, like rapid reaction FRLs. Well, we did Saturday or Tuesday. Well, I know, but it was kind of a thing. We actually we had a whole event there. Like I wish we could just plug into our computers and do them, like at the drop of a hat without having to ask for help. But anyway, at any rate, oh, not a producer. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but we need Tyler. Tyler makes the magic happen. He, I don't, I don't know how to pull in that awesome tweet of that oversized hat. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. So we got no options. 
Uh, anything else we want to talk about before before we go? I mean, nothing. We we got a really exciting week. So much wrestling. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so maybe not that much to talk about this week, but next week we are like next week Monday. We might just go for like seven hours. Oh yeah. Post Iowa State, post CKLV. Yeah. I don't, how many how many pee breaks for Ben during that episode? Um, if you want to go that long, I'm gonna need a couple pee breaks. You're gonna need a, you're gonna need a, either a catheter or a, one of those jugs or. Just we'll have yeah. to allow you a couple of pee breaks one way or the other. Okay. Well, we're going. That's what the music means. When the music plays, our, our time See is you. numbered. See you, Ben, from the laundry room. Thanks for calling in from there. <laughs> Good. Got to get it done, guys. Yeah, buddy. We'll see ya. Thank you guys so much yeah. for listening. We'll be talking a lot of CKLV on Wednesday. That's right, Rick Wasmer. No doubt about it. The toughest in-season tournament that there is. Cannot wait for that. It's my favorite tournament to go to regular season. I don't know, that and Scuffle. It switches because Scuffle has some some wonderful charm about it too. Either way, can't wait for it. Uh, stay tuned. we got a lot of content coming out related to last week and the upcoming week. Iowa, Iowa State, Penn State's big weekend, um, Beard versus Dean. That's going to happen. So a lot to talk about. Thanks so much. We'll see you Wednesday. Happy Monday. Goodbye.